Welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC Radio in Parsons, Kansas. I'm your host, Sean Fry, the managing sports editor of the Parsons Sun and Chanute Tribune. Massive friend of the show and Labette Community College women's basketball coach Mitch Rolls is our guest today. Mitch, how are we doing? It's been a while since your season came to an end. How's how's that been digesting a little bit? Oh, it's been great. Just getting back from uh, Easter Sunday with the family. So, you know, watching my son run around the yard and get tired. So, you know, just having a good day. Your son was the highlight of a lot of basketball games at Labette Community College this winter. Yeah. He He is determined i think he, he's gonna play on that court one day in uniform that that kid is that because that kid wants to go do it right now like, like, he'll either do that or run out in the middle of a game and steal a ball <laughs> he, he's, his grandpa has to hold him back the whole he game. does if he's not being held he'll get on yeah. the court i think next year we're gonna put him on a leash <laughs> so, just to make sure we don't have any problems because I, mean, I probably get a t for that <laughs> Yeah. They'll find any way to give you a T in this. Yeah. They don't like you. Yeah. A lot of those refs don't like you. I got to be on my P's and Q's. <laughs> uh, you know, you and I, you talked a little bit about it right after your season ended. It ended in the region championship game with a loss to Johnson County. Mm-hmm. A pair of top five teams in the country playing for a national tournament bid. Yeah. Loser was going to go home no matter what. And I, I think you and I can sit there and agree that, at least from your perspective, you know, subjectively, oh, I, that sucks for LeBet. You guys were ranked number five, and you guys got to go home. Had you guys upset Johnson County, they were going to be equally as pissed. Right. And you said it after the game that the NJCAA should be looking into giving the Region 6 tournament two bids to the national tournament, or, or rather that your conference shouldn't be restricted to one bid. Mm-hmm. There's routinely three, four, even five teams ranked in the polls out of a, having an eight-team league, uh, and you guys just beat up on each other all year, and one of you survives to get to the national tournament. And to a degree, and I'm not insulting anybody's play throughout the year, you guys are all so good and so evenly matched. To a degree, it's just who wins two or three coin tosses in a row in the national tournament, who happened to win three games in the region tournament to go to the national tournament. Right. What... And you've said it, it. It's not. It has. It didn't just screw Labette over this year. It, it, it has screwed over Highland. It has screwed over Johnson County. It screwed over KCK all in years past. Right. Has there been any sort of discussions or any thoughts on how that on how you guys might try and get a second bid? Well, I, I know that somebody had made a proposal to the NJCA, but you know some of that stuff you wait a long time to to even just get an answer back. So I don't. I don't really know that side of it. I'm. I'm a little bit. Uh. You know, it's a little bit above my pay grade. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's, it is an injustice, you know, not just to us, you know, and, and this is our year, you know, that we could complain, obviously in past years, there's been other teams that could complain. Um, the, the best reference I have is Highland was like 34 and O or something going into the region championship game, um, had, had won the conference outright undefeated and they lose in the region championship, you know, mm-hmm. and then they don't get to go to the national tournament. I think that's just, you know, an injustice. And that was when BJ was coaching there, you know, obviously yeah. a different coaching staff, but I mean, it could happen to anybody in our league. Um, and then when you look at, you know, maybe the Iowa leagues, uh, Illinois, um, you know, those are typically the, the stronger conferences where you could see one or two teams that stay in the top 10 nationally all year. And then once it's time for a national tournament, you know, they're at home because they happen to lose a game in the playoffs. Um, I mean, that's not how the NCAA does it. Um, obviously, it's not even how Division One NJCAA does it. There are at-larges at the D1 right, level. Right. Now, they, they did tell us it's because, you know, we only have eight teams. You have to have ten teams to get that, that second bid, mm. um, you know, which I can understand that. But but to a degree, it's like, look at our conference 
traditionally. You know, look at us for the last 10 years. Just take the last 10 years as your your sample size of, um, you know, how good the conference is, not just us in Johnson County, but, you know, I felt like this year, Neosho, um, Highland, um, I feel like they could have beat some of the teams that were actually in the national tournament. You know, they could have made a run in the national tournament. So, um, you know, you're not you're not getting the best, the best, how many, was it 16 teams, I believe? That make it to the national yeah, tournament? I, I mean, it's either that or 32. Well, you're not getting the best 16. That's one thing that's wrong. Um, and, and you have a lot of good teams sitting at home. So, you know, at, at some point, something's got to change. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at uh, some of these regions. I've got all the regions pulled up right now. And this, again, I don't know enough about all these teams. I mean, maybe Region 3 has the four best teams in the country in Erie, Jamestown, Monroe, CC, and uh, Niagara County. But why does a four-team region get the same number of bids as Region 6, which has double the amount of teams, and Region 6 has you know, half its team. Well, they, they might actually have to combine with another region, kind of like what we talked about with our softball team. You know, yeah. that, that group might actually have to, you know, jump in with another region just to go to the national tournament. Like, yeah. Like region said, eight has two teams. Region nine has three. Yeah. And you brought up a point that I was going to bring up is that the, they figured the Jayhawk figured it out on the softball side, on the D two side where now granted, I believe there are more division two softball teams in the Jayhawk than there are basketball teams. Uh, I believe there's 12, okay. but uh, they combined with um, whatever region Murray State's in, and that's because Murray State, I believe, was in a two-team region at the time with North Arkansas, Yeah, and so they got the winner of Murray State's region, which it's been Murray State every year, because Murray State's fairly, Murray yeah. State's a good program. They're actually nationally ranked this year. They're good, they're good and they've gotten better, yeah. and, uh, and then you have the... Uh, the, the, essentially the top seven in the Jayhawk go on and play two four-team f- double elimination brackets. So right. eight teams make it to the postseason. Two are going to be region champions, and they both get a ticket out of there. Right. Now, it doesn't guarantee the Jayhawk two bids because Murray State's in there. In fact, Murray State won one of the two tournaments last year. Right. But there are at least the Jayhawk has the opportunity to send two yeah. there. You talked about a proposal that got mentioned. What was the proposal? What what were maybe some of the X's and O's of it? I I really just heard it in passing, so I I know that they were just, one, we were fighting for a second bid and and possibly trying to get other schools to join, Mm -hmm. um, which I know the schools that we were asking were turning it down. So I think it was kind of up in the air as far as what they were doing next. I know, I'll say this, if you wanted to set something up like uh, softball was able to get set up. Now, I'm sure the NJCAA had... A lot of I, I would love to get Ryan Phillips in here and ask how that how that went down because when Labette made the national tournament the first time in 2011, they uh they they did not it was not that same setup. They had to win an eight team double elimination field for one bid. That's yeah. that sounds like a war, by the way. <laughs> double double elimination sounds not fun. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, that's fairly standard. I would say on baseball and softball sides. Right. I mean, it's you know, it's. You know, a best of three series basically is double elimination. Right, right. So you just keep advancing. But uh I mean it's and it's still even double elimination four team, but it's it puts a lot of impetus on you better come in through the top side. Yeah. So when you get to that championship round, that's a lot that's a lot of pressure off you if if versus you have to win two games with no losses or right. just go play five hundred ball and we're and we're we're, <laughs> we're, we're we're advancing. Right. Right. Uh you know but I would imagine if you guys, it, it would not, it necessarily is going to be hard to convince Jayhawk schools. Yeah, we want to do this, 
you're not going to get North Arkansas agreed to be a part of that. Some of these regions that might that would be geographically make sense to be included in a proposal like that to maybe combine regions or do whatever to get two bids. North Arkansas is not going to want to do that. They're a good school over there. Right. They're a good they're a good program on the women's side, and th they advance basically every year because their region is sorry. <laughs> so, well, and then you you see a lot in the first round where I think every game in the first round was a twenty point win or loss. Like every it wasn't a close game. Somebody got beat by forty in the first round. I mean, no disrespect. The team that got beat by 40 got beat by a really good team. Um, <laughs> you know, but then you go to the loser's bracket, you know, and then a team that, that gets beat by 40 or, you know, they still have a chance to go finish fifth. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of a weird. I didn't know the tournament worked like that where they had a loser's bracket. It's a constellation bracket, yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's really for exposure and recruiting. Yeah, and, that, know, and so, that makes sense, honestly. Yeah, so you're guaranteed two games, win or lose. Um, you know, but it's just like, why, why are some of the better teams? I mean, there's no reason Iowa Western was sitting at home this year. You know, that's a really good team. Um, who else is up Iowa there? Western was D2 this year? Yeah, they've moved down to D2 now. Hmm. So, um, you know, some of those schools, it's just like they have no business being at home. You know, as I'm watching all these games, um, you know, I actually <laughs> paid for the pass this year. <laughs> I, it, you should not have to pay for the pass. You're hey, a coach. In the, you're a head coach. I know, but it, it hurt my heart to buy it. But I, I sat down and watched pretty much every game. Um, you know, and just some of the teams that you're watching, it's like, you know they have. You recognize the, the talent you had on the floor and realize. Well, they'll what? have they'll have three really good kids, and then you'll look at some of the teams like Johnson County or or us or you know the the Kirkwoods, and you know they're seven eight deep. You know some of those teams just didn't have any business being out there, just personnel wise. Some kids, some teams only had eight nine kids on the bench. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, some some of those teams just weren't equipped for the national tournament. And so I mean, I wonder how open to the idea of at larges that the that the NJCAA would be because you could have the same system in place for all the region tournament winners advance in a national tournament. But you, if you expanded the field, what is it? You said it's 16 right now. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, if you expanded it from that to let's just say 20 mm -hmm. with four playing, that would make four playing games. Right. Well, you're giving four at larges away and you, and just make it easy. Go by the final poll. Right. And, go by, go by national record, go by, you know, Overall, I mean, what I really wish they would do is strength the schedule. You know, that yeah. that would really benefit us. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think, you know, some of those East Coast teams, they don't have anybody to play. You know, they got to travel so far just to get a game. And if they, they do get a close game, it's, it's a team that they get to beat by 100 points. I mean, yeah. There, there was literally teams this year from some of those regions that were beating teams by 100. Mm -hmm. and, and then coming into the national tournament and looking outclassed. Right, right. I mean, they, they obviously didn't win the national tournament. Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, just it's just kind of an indicator. If, if you really pay attention, and, I, you know, obviously I have to because it's my job, but if you if you just do a little digging on it, you can you can realize that it doesn't make a lot of sense how it's working. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I mean, the NCAA doesn't bring teams in just geographically, like, oh, we're bringing X amount of teams in from these regions, and the regions are all geographically based. Mm -hmm. They bring in X amount of teams if you win your conference. Right. But then they, I mean, half the NCAA tournament is on the D1 side is at large berths. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the D1 and the NJCAA has at large berths. There's not a ton of them, but uh, I guess I don't understand the apprehension the NJCAA ha would have to just having at larges. Well, it is D2. You know, I don't know how much thought they even put into us. To be, <laughs> you know, if you want to be frank, um, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of thought put into it. And then if, you know, even if we have proposed a proposal or whatever, um, that doesn't mean they're going to pay attention. No. The NJCA is its own entity, and 
from you know football first. One hundred percent football first, and then men's basketball. So <laughs> and then and then D two women's basketball yeah. can probably baseball is up there too. You know? Yeah, D two women's basketball is pretty much uh, on the back burner. Uh, well, Mitch, uh, we want to go to a quick break, and then we'll talk about kind of what's the future of Libet women looking like. All right, we'll be right back here on The War Room with Labette head coach Mitch Rolls of the Women's Basketball Program when we come back on The War Room. Don't go anywhere. And we're back here on The War Room here on KOKC Radio. I got Mitch Rolls, the Labette Community College Women's Basketball coach, on the show today. Mitch, you had two girls sign D1 uh, very recently. Tamia Robinson, your point guard, who was a second-team All-American. Uh, she is going to Utah State. And Wilney Joseph going to Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, two D1 players on a, on a team ranked fifth in the country. Didn't get to go to the national tournament, but we right. just talked about that. But uh, right. obviously, uh, very. it's always exciting when you have players move on, no matter the level. It's always special when you have girls go on to the D1 level, though. What's your reaction to Tamia and Wilney? Well, these two are special. Um, you know, Wilney and, and Tamia, neither one had hardly any offers coming out of high school. You know, Wilney being 6'5", um, she had she had torn just about every ligament in her knee her junior year going into her senior year. So she played her whole senior year without basically a knee, like basically drug a leg around for mm-hmm. her whole senior year. Um, had some had some interest, um, obviously didn't get any offers, ended up having to come here, you know, and just worked her butt off, um, got her knee right, you know, got her body right, um, improved, improved all her, like, you know, motor skills like handling the ball and, and catching the ball and finishing around the rim, all the little simple stuff. Um, she worked, she really worked her butt off and, and earned, you know, that scholarship. She, I think she had nine, seven, eight, nine division one offers, you know, and, and Louisiana Lafayette, she felt like was the best program for her. And, um, you know, I think, I think she'll do well down there. You know, she's got three years to play and, and same thing with Tamia. She'll have three years to play as well because of the COVID year. So mm-hmm. that, that kind of helped them, um, in terms of their stock, you know, knowing that you can bring this kid in basically as a sophomore and, and you have three years to mold him how you want. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, with Tamia, it's the same thing. You know, she, she had a lot of looks, you know, young in her, in her high school years because she's a big point guard, had another knee injury, same time as Wilney, about her junior year. Um, senior year came out, played completely different, you know, coming off of ACL, uh, they moved her off the ball a little bit. She had to shoot, you know, be more of a, a catch and shoot type type player rather than a point guard. Um, you know, and her high school team was loaded, so that kind of that kind of hurt her a little bit too. Um, so she ended up signing with a Division two school out of high school. It was between us and that Division two. Um, she went there for one semester and then left. And this is Tamia. Yeah, Tamia. She left that left that semester so she could come here and play that second semester with us. Yeah, that was the one year that you could play second semester, so it actually worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, last year so you know for her to for both of them to to basically come from no offers and, and basically being disrespected all through high school and then come here and have so many options to choose from you know I was just happy to see them on top because to talk to them when they were you know juniors and seniors in high school they're, they're pretty upset you know beating themselves up about it and then to watch them smile on signing day and you know feel like they did you know came here and accomplished what they wanted um, you know that, that was really special for me. Uh, you know, I haven't gone through the numbers and crunched them all, so I, I, if I'm wrong, I'm sure somebody in your building will correct me. I'm guessing you've sent the most athletes to the four-year level since your tenure started here. That includes your first year, where I don't know if anybody besides I don't know if anybody went. <laughs> oh yeah, they did. Sheree went Division Two, and uh, and that's right. You had the Lebec County girl go somewhere for. Yeah, she went to Ozark. Um, you know, a couple of kids went on and, and played out of that team. But, yeah. You know, Janae went on and played. Um, she played pro ball for a year, didn't she? She's, she's playing right now in Mexico. She's down there right now. That's great. Yeah. Janae Barnes. What yeah. a what a low-key, like, 
urban success. myth legend. Huge success story. Like I had to beg her dad to let her come here. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't gonna let her go to school anymore because she had done so poorly at her last school, you know, academically. And um, he he was done with her. He was like, you know, you're gonna work. It's time for you to give up this school and basketball dream. And I think we had like a 30 minute phone conversation where I promised him I was gonna make sure she passed her classes. And that's what she did. She came here, got eligible in one semester. Um, and then just bought out like crazy for us, mm-hmm. you know, when in a year and she got to play that she was on the team that won 24 games your second year, right? Yes. Unfortunately, she played that first year. I begged her not to. Yeah, I begged her not to. But ultimately, I, I young coach, I probably should have made a decision for her. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. I was 24, <laughs> 25 years old trying to figure it out myself. So I let her play. I, I probably deep in the back of my heart wanted her to play a little bit, too. Because um, you yeah. wanted to try, I know you were really hungry to try and just get a few wins in there. Yeah, I mean, and she helped us a lot. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. Like, we we still hung in there with some really good teams. Obviously, we didn't win any games. Um, you know, we played well against ranked teams, and she was, um, you know, her and Sheree and the Grimes sisters, and um, we had a couple of really good kids on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I remember about Janae, and I remember doing a story on it. She's one of only two people in Jayhawk Conference history to get all-conference volleyball and basketball honors in the same year. Yeah. I mean, that girl was an athlete. And the only other girl to do, I think she went to Barton, some some uh, some Pacific Islander chick yeah. who ended up be- literally playing, like, women's professional football. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, just... I forgot her name, but I, I, I know exactly it's something. It's about. something weird. Not weird, but it's something hard to pronounce. Right. So right. Uh, I wouldn't remember it unless I was looking at it. But... Yeah. Uh, Back to the original point, though, you've probably sent the highest proportion of your roster to the next level at Labette Community College since you've been there. And my guess is you would probably, in terms of raw numbers, you've probably sent the most as well. I mean, why, how yeah. much of that is, why do you feel like that is with your program right now? Well, I mean, and that's not to insult anybody else in the building. Uh, Jared sends a lot of his players yeah. on. Ryan sends a lot of his players on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even even Haley was sending. I think had three or four signed over the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say a lot of a lot of kids, you know, leave here and go on from other sports. Um, but as far as ours, like, I pretty much spend all year doing that, you know. So I'll I'll start, you know, in the summertime if we have kids I know returning, I'll start sending out their stuff. Um, you know, we'll obviously do it again in August. We'll do it again in September. Um, and then October is kind of the evaluation period where all the coaches are going to be at our scrimmages and, you know, they haven't started their, their seasons yet. So they're a lot more active, you know, mm-hmm. on the recruiting trail. Um, so, you know, that, that first couple months of school is big for us. I like to push out mass emails to everybody, just letting people know, you know, who's here, you know, what, what are you looking for? Um, and just get that first, you know, that first little contact with coaches. Um, and then obviously follow up through Christmas break. And then obviously when the season's over, we have to do it again as well. So, um, you know, I, I don't really stop until everybody gets signed. Um, you know, right now, I believe, unless my numbers are wrong, I believe we're 100% on sending kids to the next level for the last seven years, um, not including the kids that decide they don't want to play. So I mm-hmm. think we've had three. There's nobody who's wanted to that didn't. <laughs> right, right. Like, like we have one kid this year that she's expressed she probably doesn't want to play next year, which is great. She's really smart, so, you know, yeah. she can do whatever she wants to do. Um, but I, I do think it's probably a handful, maybe less than five, um, that have decided they didn't want to play, um, but but everybody else goes on. You know mm-hmm. whether that's whether I'm spending deep into the summer trying to find them something. You know I don't really care. I, I feel like that's part of my job. Honestly, I feel like that is. I think at the heart of it all, I think that is a junior college head coach's first priority is should be getting those is finding the next opportunity for them. Now, 
is winning a part of that 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 equation that improves your success? Yes. Yeah, that adds to their stocks. I mean, when you you reach out and I can say, you know, hey, this kid didn't have great stats. But and she, didn't play a ton of minutes, but that's because we won 30 games. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, like this year, you know, there's kids that come off our bench, and at, at the end of the day, the kids went 37-8 and eight in two years. Mm-hmm. You know, so they've, they've, they've helped a winning program, and, and, you know, they've been here behind really good players. Where's uh, Ishwana Hunter going? She's coming back. She's got to graduate. She's coming back because she wasn't charged a year her first year here. No, she got here late, remember? So she wasn't. Right. She, she was not on track at the time academically. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from her previous school, we got her on track eligible. Um, now she's on track to graduate next May. So oh, yeah. what a she had. That's gonna be a three-time All-American. Well, a three-time All-Conference. Excuse me. And she'll. I mean, she was. She had what I feel like may have been the best individual performance in your entire tenure here, and it was in a loss. Yep. To number one, Johnson County. Yep. But all I know is, what did she score? 26, 28 that game? I think she had 30 and 11. We'll check it real quick. I've got your uh, I've got your stats pulled well, up. We'll the crazy part up. about that is she's had a torn meniscus both years. She played with a torn meniscus this year? So she had a torn meniscus last year. We got it fixed. Um, <laughs> she was having troubles with it again this year. Um, played the entire season. We, we didn't play her very much, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I played her when I had to, and when I didn't, we'd take her out. Mm-hmm. So... You know, her stats, I feel bad for her because her stats get really affected by that, but but she needed it for her mm-hmm. knee. Like, the more we played her, the worse it was going to be the next day. So she ended up getting um, meniscus surgery again last week, so she'll be good to go, you know, this year. So just to go that Johnson County game, she had 26 points with 11 rebounds and three assists, by the yeah. way. like, yeah. And then it was in a game where you trailed deep early on, uh, fell behind uh, by, what, 15, 18 early? In the first quarter, yeah. Yeah, and... To a degree, your whole offense became get it to her with her back to the basket. Well, we stopped running. We stopped running offense. It just yeah, just gave it to her. Honestly, isolated on the block. We would just and we would just down screen for a guard and then throw it into her and then clear out. And she didn't miss. She was a bucket that yeah. game. Right, left, you know, fade away and ones. You know, made her free throws. Did it all. What type of looks is she getting? Uh, everybody likes her. <laughs> Every, everybody I mean, likes her. The reason I bring her up is there was a. Uh, I can't remember what school it was, but there was a college coach there who was looking at uh, Tamia. I think Tamia, Colorado State. Yeah, yeah. and they uh, they came up to me because I had a stat sheet in my hand, and they were like, "Can I look at that?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And they told me who they were, and I told them and we introduced ourselves, and she and they go, "You know, I'm here looking at Tamia, but tell me about Ishwana Hunter." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't blame you after yeah. that." Yeah, no, she she's the Energizer Bunny. I mean, I. I don't. I haven't had very many kids like that. She reminds me of like a Diamond Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, just plays as hard as she can as long as she's out there. Um, you know, she she's gonna make a few mistakes, but ninety percent of the time she's gonna do it at one hundred fifty miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So, uh, she she's one of my favorite players to coach, and I, I just can't wait to see her healthy, feeling good, and able to play up to her potential. Yeah, about a minute left. Uh, you, I'm sure you have a, a class you're excited about coming in. Uh, I'm sure you've got some big returners coming up. Uh, what's Labet looking like uh, here in about maybe seven, eight months when the season gets rolling again? What, what are you kind of expecting, at least at this point? I know a lot of that evolves over the course of the summer. Well, I know we're going to be talented. So, I mean, that, that's how I want to feel, you know, at this point in time is make sure I got good talent coming back. Um, we're bringing back good talent. We're signed good talent, um, you know, with, with Ashana and with Patricia in the paint. You know, I think that kind of Patty Sosa Laura, she is she was very impressive. Two of the best me. rebounders in the country. I mean, and have good touch offensively and, down and, low. And she's getting better. So I mean that that kid gets better every day. So I mean those two in the paint, you know, those those make me feel 
you know, pretty good going into it. We got some really good guards coming back. Um, Wakiria Daniels was like top 10 in the country in three-point percentage. She's coming back. Uh, we had a couple red shirts that were really good. So, I mean, we, we've got some kids that are coming back. Um, but then the 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 recruiting class, you know, we're, we went and got a lot of transfers. We're mm-hmm. trying to do exactly what, you know, NCAA Division One coaches are doing. We want to get older, you know. So, I think we're only bringing two to three high school kids. Wow. Everybody else is going to be a transfer or returner. So, so Johnson County does the, did this year, and you're like, I should do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they out-executed us and out-disciplined us, and, and hopefully that's what we can do with an older group mm-hmm. you know, is, is be able to do the same thing. Uh, one thing you said to me, and I and I, I thought about it, was Patty Sosa Laura at one point may have been the best 17-year-old in the country. By far. Because <laughs> she was a 17-year-old dropping a double-double in a college basketball game. Yeah, I think she was 17 like up until after Christmas break, too. Yeah. She's young. Yeah. Got plenty of time to grow. Yeah, she's. I don't think she's done growing yet, either. I think she might have an inch or two left in there. And <laughs> God willing, right? <laughs> the, the, the scary part is she can handle the ball, and, and nobody knows that yet. So hopefully we can get her, you know, develop a little bit at this summer, and, you know, she might be a monster, her and Ashana together. Good deal. Well, Mitch, thanks for coming in. You guys, you're always a favorite uh, of mine uh, to bring on the show. Uh, I'm sure you'll be back. I'm sure you'll be back in the summertime, and then you'll be back in the fall, and then you'll be back to preview your season, and then we'll talk about your season once, and then you'll be back here again in a year will have passed. So of course, appreciate of you always appreciate any time you come in, man. That'll do it for the War Room this week. I'm your host Sean Fry. This has been the War Room on KLKC Radio. Everybody, stay safe and God bless.